Well, I'm really excited to be here this morning. I'm really excited to be here with you guys again. I'm excited every Sunday because I think God is doing, like I just said, so God is doing something different. Can you feel it? Can you feel it? You can feel it when you walk in here in the morning. I don't know what it is. You walk in the doors and it's like, wow, hey, it's gloomy outside, but it's nice and bright in here. Hallelujah. I love that. Don't you? Come on. We're experiencing firsthand God's glory. To Him be the glory. Amen. To Him be the glory. Hallelujah. It's funny that uh, this morning we started things off with uh, a prophetic word followed by a testimony. I'm actually speaking about testimony this morning. Isn't that something? And uh, most of you know that I've been in church my entire life. <laughs> I've been here my entire life. Uh, I've never experienced... Oh, one thing before I get going. Actually, I just remembered now. I know Paul and Brenda. I know uh, we're going to have a new grandchild this morning. Or this afternoon, rather. So, Lord, we just lift up. We just lift up Brandon and Sarah this morning and little Olivia, who is about to come into this world. Uh, we just pray right now, Lord, that uh, you will guide the hands of the doctors. Uh, you'll cause there to be peace in that operating room. And, Lord, that uh, this child will just enter into this world in glory. Thank you, Lord. Prepare them. Prepare Paul and Brenda to be grandparents. Prepare uh, Sarah and Brandon to be parents. And Lord, just let it be an awesome time, I pray, in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Looking forward to holding that baby. My goodness. Anyways, like I said, uh, I've, been, uh, I've been here all my life. And uh, I, I've, I was hatched, I was mashed, and eventually I'll be dispatched from church as well, too. Right? I've been here all my life, never walked away from Christ. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, I've never, I, I can really say I've never really backslidden either, and it has nothing to do with me. It has nothing to do with my strength. I know it has everything to do with God. That, that's all it is. It has nothing, I'm not special. I'm not more special than anybody else, but I know that God has his hand on me, and I've been going after him, and I've never turned around, and I, I thank you, Jesus, for that. It's God's preservation. It's only his preservation. And uh, I can stand here before you and just praise him for that. Because it's been a blessing on my life. How many people can say that, that they've made that decision? They've turned to him. It's been a blessing on their life. My goodness. And like I just said, most people in the Western world, they only experience Christ in three specific ways. They're, they're hatched here. <laughs> they're born into church. They're, they're dedicated. Uh, they come back when they want to get married. They want to have the Christian ceremony. They want their blessing over their marriage. And then when <laughs> it comes to the end of life, they're dispatched. Right? They're, 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 they come, there's a celebration of life or whatever, right? Hatch, match, and splash. That's, that's the one thing that most people count on church for. Isn't that sad? It's tragic. It's tragic. It's so troubling because you want to know what? There's so much more. Oh, my goodness. There's so much more that you can have that happens between those three milestones in life. There's so much more that happens in between that you can have so much more blessing. Life can be so much easier if you have Christ in your life throughout your entire life. Amen? Come on. Life is so much more palatable when you have life in Christ. You have so much more power. You have so much more comfort. You have so much more peace. You have so much more joy. So much more everything when you're in Christ. Amen? I know that as a first-hand fact, and it's part of my testimony. And, you know, testimonies are a very, very powerful weapon, aren't they? They're a very, very powerful weapon. That God has given us. And uh, the last few weeks, I've spoken about the immeasurable power of prayer. Uh, I've spoken about how, uh, you know, his name is power. His, the super exalted name of Jesus is power. 
And this morning, I want to kind of bring it all together and talk about the power of your testimony and how that fits into those things as well, too. Amen? Now, if you grew up in church like I did, uh, you'll remember someone at the front of the, you know, maybe a pastor, maybe a, an elder, starting this meeting by saying, hey, are there any testimonies that somebody would like to give? Remember those? And, uh, you know, you, you remember also on Sunday nights as well, too, where there would be a, a whole bunch of testimonies. Some were really good. Some of them went on for an hour. And you were like, can this person sit down, please? I get it. I get it. I get where you're coming from. Right? And they're great. But it's good to share stories of what God has done recently or in the past. Amen? It really is good. And, you know, sharing what God has done is a powerful tool to remind each, each of us his ability to come through for us. That's what it does. Testimony is a powerful tool for sharing our faith. One thing I've noticed, though, is that people are, are actually a lot more open to the authentic personal stories of faith. Have you noticed that? They're actually a lot more open to that, what God has done in your life, than, than you know, preaching, than delivering a sermon. They're, a lot, they're not as open to that, not as open to talking about theology or, or ideas of faith. Or, you know, it, nothing but even what I'm doing right now. They're more open to your personal testimony of faith, what God has done in your life than anything else. Why is that? Because there's power in it. There's power in it. Personal testimony is about the difference Christ has made in your life. And it passes, actually passes our intellect. It goes right through our brain. It goes right into our heart instead of the brain. We don't think about it. It just registers in our heart. That's why it's powerful. It's not abstract. It's actually faith working in real time, which is what I love about it. I also love that testimony is entirely portable as well, too. Have you noticed that? I like this fact that it's portable. You know, you can give your testimony. You can come up here and give your testimony. That's fine. But your testimony is something you carry with you. You can give your testimony in Walmart if you have to. You can give your testimony in the car to somebody that you used to cut the lawn for. Right? It's entirely portable. You can share it wherever. That's the beauty of it. It's not stuck here in a building. It walks with you. You carry that glory with you. Isn't that amazing? So what's a testimony? A real good definition I've read is it's a first-hand authentication of a fact. A first-hand authentication of fact, a truth revealed by your first-hand experience. You know, when you watch your favorite courtroom drama TV, you know, I'm sure all of you watch courtroom TV sometimes. I know maybe it's, uh, you know, The Good Fight or maybe past Matlock, if, you, if, you, if you're old enough to remember Matlock. Matlock, right? What was the, what was the best thing that a, a lawyer could do to bring in to prove their case? A first-hand testimony would be the best tool that they had to try and convince a jury, right? If you have a, if you have a first-hand testimony, a first-hand uh, uh, eyewitness testimony of someone that has witnessed the crime or witnessed whatever, that is the perfect thing that can actually prove to a jury what they're trying to prove. But for Christians, a testimony is just sharing what God has done firsthand in your life, and it becomes the very best tool, a convincing tool to draw people to God. So why are they important? Well, we've been talking about the power of God, but that power is, is actually acknowledging what He has actually already done, what He has already done. Part of the power is acknowledging that something that He's already done in your life. So why talk about what He has already done? Why would we do that? Why would we talk about something that He's already done? It's in the past, right? Well, why would we talk about it if it's in the past? We talk about it in the past because we believe that he can do it again. That's why. If he can do it for them, he can do it for me. Right? 
do it again, not only in us, but stir up the faith in others so that they too can experience firsthand His wonder-working power in their lives. That's why it's important. Amen? Yeah. So the verse I wanted to use today uh, was a bit of a struggle for me because it's contextually in, you know, it's in within the book of Revelations, uh, which is a, a kind of a funny book because a lot of times you feel like you're reading a J.R.R. Tolkien novel. There's lots of dragons and stuff in it. Hard to preach from. You argue a lot about, about it with other people as well, too. But there's this one string of words here right in the middle of, of Revelations uh, that is really, really good, and it, can, it, it makes perfect sense when you read it. And uh, it's what John is, John is actually speaking about Satan's final defeat. Well, who, who is Satan? John actually says that Satan is the accuser of our brothers and sisters. We are the brothers and sisters, by the way. Do you know that, right? Talking about us there. And it says this in Revelations 12 and 11. They, which is speaking about us, us believers, triumphed over him, Satan, by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. Wow. Why have they come, can he combine those two things together, isn't it? The blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. You know, I know that I still have a lot to learn about, a lot of things to learn about. But there are a few things that I have actually noticed in my lifetime so far. Uh, in the church, uh, there's one thing that we always face, and the fiercest attacks that we face are uh, the, actually the, the lies that the enemy will whisper into our ears. Those are the fiercest attacks that we get. The enemy will whisper something into your He'll whisper a lie because he's an accuser, right? And that's actually what the prophecy said this morning as well, too. Is somebody's believing a lie, it's because the enemy's whispering into your ear. Your ear. He's telling you something that isn't true. He's the, he's the accuser. Okay? And he takes every single different difficult circumstance that we face and does everything in his power to infuse it with doubt, to infuse it with fear, to infuse it with confusion, and to infuse it with despair. That's what he does. He's the accuser. But this passage gives us such a powerful antidote. It's a, it's a one-two punch combination of the blood of the Lamb the blood of Jesus Christ. Alan, let me remind you about that as well, too. He's already shed his blood, by the way. Right? That's already done. That, that part is already done, which means that he has already won the battle on our behalf. That part is already accomplished. His work is done. But the, the second attack that we can bring is the word of our testimony. What the blood has done in our lives. The blood and our testimony. Two powerful, non-carnal weapons. What does carnal mean? It means it's not of this world. It's not of this world. It's not of flesh and blood. It's not carnal. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Right? Two powerful non-carnal weapons that defeat the enemy. God, those weapons have power. They have a lot of power. And if you've been saved for a while, you probably have hundreds if not thousands of stories about the goodness of what God has done in your life. Right? And people can say that. They've got tons of stories about what God has done in their lives. And it all starts with your transformed life. When you give your life to Christ, you have a transformed life. That's the very first story that you have. Each of these stories is a testimony. And this passage in Revelation shows us how key our testimonies are to overcoming the work of the enemy. It's one of the reasons why we have to continually share these stories of what God is actually doing in our lives. Amen? And not just in church, by the way. Not just in church. I mean, I love getting testimonies in church. Don't get me wrong, but I think the testimonies are actually more powerful when they're outside of these walls. We just had one this morning. 
We just heard about this morning. That couldn't have happened. What happened with Brian this morning? That could not have happened in this church. Right? Because do you think that he would have come into our church to hear a testimony or to listen to about his problem? No. God met that man where he was in his car doing something so banal, but he met Christ in it because Brian was there. His servant was there. Isn't that amazing? I'm excited. I don't know about you guys. I Thank you, Jesus. And look, I know it's, it's not easy because sometimes we might think that our, our testimony is not exciting enough. I know that I dealt with that in my life quite a bit. Because like I said to you, I've never walked away. I've never had, I don't have this huge backslidden story to tell uh, about how, oh, I was involved in this and this and this, but God turned me around. That's not, that hasn't been my life. Uh, and I always struggle whenever someone said, when I was growing up, uh, when you're in youth group, uh, they, they always, people always wanted you to share your testimony. I was like, I, I can, I'm just going to go to the bathroom, all that happens, because I don't want to, I, I don't have really, I don't want to share, I don't have nothing really to share about it. But you know what I've come to realize is that uh, testimony is about faithfulness, about steadfastness, of small steps closer and closer to God. You know, those can be just as powerful as dramatic stories of conversion as well, too. It's a miracle. What I've lived in my life is a miracle. And I, I thank you, Jesus, for that. It's incredible. It's the, it is the grace of God. It absolutely is. And I've realized also that God has chosen to work in our lives in particular ways. He's, he's chosen to work in your life in a particular way. If you have a, a crazy conversion story, glory be to God. That's amazing. I want to hear it too, right? But he works in people in very specific ways, in your particular way, and he does it because that's part of his plan. That's what he wants to do. And if you veered off his plan, well, he'll take that and make it part of his plan as well, too. That's the testimony that we can give. All testimonies are powerful. And why are they powerful? Because we are testifying about his work, not ours. When you're testifying, you're ta- not talking about something, you're not talking about your success. <laughs> you're, not talk- you're not standing on a soapbox and telling, giving a, a, you know, there's so many people online right now that are trying to give you uh, motivational spe- speeches on how to do things. You know what? This has nothing to do with that. This has to do with God working in your life. 100%. About His work. What are you going to accomplish in every single person? And why is it powerful? Because we're testifying about His work in every single circumstance that we invite Him into as well. Hallelujah. That is something to be celebrated because if, you know, if He can do it for Him, then He can do it for me. Right? If he can do it for him, then he can do it for me. If he can do it for him, then he can do it for me. And if it goes on like that, imagine if we all went out into every circumstance and someone was able to ask us about Jesus and we were able to give our testimony. The world would change overnight. It would be a, a, a pandemic of conversions. Sorry, I don't like to use the P word anymore, but, but it, would work. it would move that quickly. It would move that quickly. If he can do it for you, he can do it for them. We have to come to it with that type of mindset that if God can do this for me, he can do it for this person that, that I work with that is going through something right now. If he can do it for me, he can do it for them. And then that person gets converted and they're like, well, if they could do it for me, I could do it for them. It would just go on forever. It would be amazing, wouldn't it? I think we can all agree on that. What I find very interesting, though, is that for better or for worse, you can argue with someone who has a specific idea or an argument, and you can argue with that person for eternity, it seems, <laughs> right? You can argue with them forever. Chances are that, you know, that these kind of debates that, that, that people put so much effort into, by the way, 
uh, you know, these kind of debates that people talk about, they're just continually debating back and forth. What happened, that rarely changes people's minds. Have you noticed that? When you get into arguments with people that are solely based on arguments or opinions, it never changes the other opinion. It's just a back and forth. It's just a ping pong game, back and forth, and that never stops. Right? People put so much effort into that, but it never changes people's minds. What's really interesting, though, is that you can't argue with somebody who has an experience. An experience that led them to a revelation. So why does that matter in testimony? Because a living example of the gospel is more effective than words. Uh, there's a, a comment uh, from, that's attributed to St. Francis of Assisi. Apparently he didn't he didn't say this, but it's a good one regardless. It says this, preach the gospel to everyone and use words if necessary. <laughs> right? I like that. Some people may argue with you about theology, doctrine, or interpretation of Scripture, but unless they think you're lying, they can't argue with your experience. They can't argue with the experience. They can't argue with your testimony. Right? A good example of this is in Acts 22, uh, where Paul gets into some trouble when he visits Jerusalem. Uh, after his conversion. The Jews were accusing Paul of all kinds of stuff, uh, preaching against Jewish tradition, uh, preaching against the law, uh, of inviting Greeks into the temple. <laughs> he was being accused of all kinds of stuff, which was all not true, uh, but it didn't matter. They wanted him dead, right? Uh, and they're all arguments and accusations. But what's interesting here is that in the face of the crowd, he got to stand up in front of the crowd right before they were about to tear him apart. And uh, what does he do? He doesn't preach a sermon. Paul doesn't stand there and preach a sermon. He could have, but he didn't. What does he do? He actually gives his testimony to them. He gives his testimony. Instead of giving a sermon, you can read it yourself. Go and read in Acts 22. It's pretty, it's pretty interesting, actually. But in summary, uh, his, his testimony consisted of the three classic elements of a testimony. One, his life before Christ, basically talking about all the things he did before meeting Christ. Two, how he came to know Christ, his miraculous a conversion testimony on the road to Damascus. And three, his life, which was now in Christ. He gave those three aspects in Acts 22. Now, here's the thing about testimony. Because there is no argument against it, uh, you know, there's only two real responses to testimony. The first one, which is good, is that, you know, you'll be given an opportunity to invite them to have the same experience and accept Jesus. That's what you want out of a testimony. But sometimes... The second happens, and it's outright rejection, and usually an angry rejection. Have you, have you come across that before? Where it's like, I want, it's either I want what you have or get away from me, right? Usually angry rejection. And Paul's testimony was rejected by the angry crowd. In fact, they wanted to kill him right there and then uh, for saying that, basically, they got really angry when he said, hey, all can be saved, even the Gentiles. They didn't like that at all. Right? They didn't like that. And uh, it's funny, as I, I've heard recently, I, this, this seems like a, a, a simple word about testimony, but I've noticed it, it's been happening a lot in here recently. Not just with Brian. I, I've also heard of, of uh, someone in this church also going, being told to go into uh, Shopper's Drug Mart and pray for someone's ankles. And he was walking around and he, he couldn't find someone. Then they, they saw someone stalking the shelves and he said them, he knew that was them. He said, like, hey, can I pray for your ankles? And, uh, and he did. And that's a testimony. That's a testimony of the wonder-working power of God. 
I know there's someone else in here as well, too, that put it out there that uh, in their community, hey, if you want prayer, uh, by all means, I'll give you, you know, I'll be happy to pray for you. And what was he met with? He was not met with that kind of nice interaction back. But you want to know, we have to kind of approach it the same way that Paul approached it, right? He didn't express any regret for what he did. He was very well, much aware of what his purpose was in Christ. And Paul was a student of the law. He was a Jew, respected among Jews. He was taught by Gamaliel. Uh, you know, he could have easily been offended and discouraged given the fact that he was so respected before his conversion. And now he was being rejected. His life was being rejected. His life was being threatened. And here's the thing. We have to realize, though, what Paul realized in this. The rejection is not personal to us. <laughs> the rejection is not personal. It's a rejection, actually, of Christ is what it is. And that's going to happen. They rejected Christ right to his face. Christ was standing right in front of some people, and they still didn't accept him. So we have to understand that sometimes it has nothing to do with us. It never has anything to do with us. It has to do with them rejecting Christ, which is why Paul was able to conclude his time in Jerusalem by saying, my brothers, <laughs> I love this, I fulfilled my duty to God in all good conscience to this day. They didn't like that either <laughs> when he said that. But what a great feeling to have knowing that he was able to do what God called him to do in that moment, regardless of what happened, right? I don't know about you, but I want to know that feeling and have the confidence to say that I've fulfilled my duty to God in this day. Don't you want to have finish every day like that? We're his servants, by the way. This is what we are called to do. We are actually called to bring the gospel out there. How? Through our testimony. So what power is there in your testimony? Do you want to know why your testimony is so important? First, giving testimony is a part of overcoming. Did you know that? Testimony is a part of overcoming. Back to our, our verse in Revelation 12 and 11, it reminds us that those who overcome do so by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. Speaking the truth out loud to other people validates the truth of a real conversion. The truth that there is a change in your heart and mind. The more we talk about God's work in our lives, the easier it is to remember, look what the Lord has done. Look what the Lord has done. He healed my body. He touched my mind. He saved me just in time. Amen? Remember what he has done increases our strength, especially when we face the next challenge as well too. You've probably already experienced this in other ways in your life. Think of a song that you, you learned when you were young. Think of any songs you've learned when you were young. And the more that you sing that song, the more you remember it, as you, as you, even as you get older, right? I feel sorry for the kids these days. They're, all they're going to remember is baby shark, do-do-do-do-do-do, baby shark, do right? Forget that. Some of the songs that, that you sung in Sunday school, remember some of the songs that you sang in Sunday school, Right? Or in church, the more you sang it, the easier it is to remember them, especially later on in your life, right? Uh, especially when you need that a little piece of encouragement. I was very specific when my, my children were babies, even before they learned how to talk, I would always sing to them, Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. Why? Because I know that whatever situation they face in their life, they will have that and carry it with them for the rest of their lives. That's a beautiful promise. Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. It's a Fantastic testimony of a song, isn't it? The same is true for our testimony. You repeat it, you rehearse it, you remember it. Because it will always carry you on. It helps you overcome. Second, when we give testimony, our story encourages others in their walks with Jesus. And that's really powerful. A real comforting fact is that none of us who follow Jesus are actually walking alone. 
either. None of us are walking alone. We have people that are further along in, our, in their faith journey that are, that are in front of us that we can look to as, 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 as help. Uh, we have people that are walking alongside of us, talking to us at our level of faith, and there's people behind us that are looking for guidance and hope from us as well too. There's a lot of people on this journey, right? But when we share our testimonies, we're actually speaking to all levels of faith. It's a, it's a, it's a, a, a blurb, a, a language that we speak that is relevant for everybody. Isn't that amazing? All three of these groups are encouraged. Testimony encourages all faith levels. The writer of the Hebrew reminds us that encouragement is a vital part of gathering together. And this is one of my favorite verses because I like to remind people who are, are not coming to church often, I like to remind them of this. And let us consider how we may spur one another toward love and good deeds. Not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. Hint, hint. You can say that to people that haven't been here in a while. But encouraging one another, encouraging one another all the more as you see the day approaching. Love that verse. Encouragement is so, so important. And finally, our testimony is powerful because it shares hope. It shares hope. We all feel the, the climate of today's world pressing in on us, don't we? Oh, my gosh, the price of eggs. <laughs> right? We all feel the, the climate of today's world pressing in on us. And you, can feel, you can feel as if there is, there is no hope. But it is exactly then, exactly these times, remembering God's faithfulness in our past will give us hope for the future. That God will move again. Whatever it is, God will move again. It spurs us on. It encourages us. Amen? My prayer is that each one of us will be encouraged and emboldened to testify. Whether your story is big or small, it doesn't matter. Sharing God's work in your life brings hope to those around you. So share away. You have a story to tell. Each and every one of you has a story to tell. Everyone. If you've been saved, you have a story to tell, and it's a good story. <laughs> so, so many people are, are not interested in other people's lives. Have you noticed that? We were laughing about that this morning, Holly and I. She showed a funny clip online that, that, that basically this comedian was talking about how nobody wants to hear about your story. They're too interested in what's happening in their lives to listen to your story. But you know what? This is not that. This is, this, this is not that. People are interested in Jesus because they have a yearning. They, don't do, they might not recognize it. They have a gap in their lives that needs to be filled, and they want to hear some truth. There's not enough truth out there. There's too much arguing. There's too much nonsense out there. People need to hear the truth, the wonder-working power of Jesus in your life. You have a story to tell. Amen. Your story has the power to reshape your future and the future of those around you. So never underestimate the power of your testimony. Never underestimate it. Do you know that your testimony actually carries with it the power to reproduce the miracle as well? Maybe you went through something that, that was miraculous, and now you have to carry that, mirac that, that miracle and give that miracle to somebody else as well too, right? If it happened to them, it can happen to me, right? If it happened then, it can happen now. Uh, if it happened once, it can happen again, right? You can bring that miracle to their lives. Maybe you're the one that's supposed to pray for them. Maybe you're the one that's supposed to meet them in Shopper's Drug Mirror and pay for their ankles. Maybe that's you. Be obedient. Listen. Listen to where God is leading you. He has given you a testimony to bring to people outside of here. Amen? Hallelujah. Here's the point that I want to conclude with today. is this. 
our testimony is actually a declaration of victory. It's a declaration of victory of what God has done in your life. It's victory over your addiction. It's victory over your mental health. It's victory over your sickness. It's victory over your circumstances. It's victory over all things that have come against you. It's victory over the lies that the enemy has tried to whisper in your ears. It's victory. It's victory. Your testimony is a declaration of victory. We will overcome by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of our testimony. His blood and our testimony together bring victory. Why is that? First, because his victory is our victory. Satan's already vanquished, by the way. It's already done. Satan is already vanquished. He's a vanquished enemy because of the blood of Jesus. The blood is not uh, just the ultimate demonstration of God's love. It's also a constant assurance that every fear that Satan whispers into your mind is a lie. And the rejection of that lie becomes our testimony. Becomes our testimony. Both the blood of the Lamb and our testimony are what we use as our, our weapons of choice in spiritual warfare. Like I said about the name of Jesus last week, it's not a magic word either, right? It's not a magic word uh, like you see in the movies. Oh, the blood of Jesus compels you. No, it's not that. It's not a magic word. Uh, it's the blood of Jesus is actually our focus. It's our focus. It's the reason we have power. It's the reason we have victory over all things in our lives. We have, you know, we have substituted our life of sin. We've substituted our, our death even with Jesus' sacrifice. The blood of Jesus is the substitute that wins the battle. It's victorious. The blood of Jesus. You also can't look at the blood of Jesus from afar and just admire it either, by the way. You can't just wear a cross around your neck and think that all is good. You know, the cross is just jewelry, right? When faced with the sacrifice Jesus made for us, you have to use it. You have to use it. You have to apply it to every part of your life. You have to apply it to every aspect of your life. You've been given a bad bad report, the blood of Jesus to it. The enemy is speaking a lie into your mind, the blood of Jesus to it. Amen? Whatever the circumstances, whatever you're facing, the blood of Jesus to it, it has the power. And it will overcome by the blood of the Lamb, and it will testify to its power. The precious blood is to be used for overcoming and for, for holy warfare. We're not giving it the honor it deserves if we don't use it and its authority to bring down enemy strongholds either, right? To bring into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. I want to be a faithful witness. Do you? I really want to be a faithful witness of his power. If we're a faithful witness, you know, we have a testimony to share. That's what it comes down to. Do we know what we've seen? Do we know what we've heard? Do we know what we've experienced? Do we know what God has done in our lives? Well, then my rallying cry is this. It's what it is in Romans 1.16. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power. It's the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes. <laughs> it is the power. This is my declarative statement. I, I believe that we're in a day where the church must be as bold as a lion. Amen? Come on, we can all roar a little bit. We need to be as bold as a lion. Cry out and let the world know that we're not ashamed of the gospel. We're not ashamed. Everything that I am, everything that I'll, I'll hope to be is because I met Jesus. If I'm a good father, it's because I met Jesus. 
If I'm a good husband, it's because I've met Jesus. If I'm a good employee, it's because I've met Jesus. It's all because of Him. And I can testify of His goodness. Hallelujah. I'm not ashamed of the gospel because it is what has transformed my life. I believe that bold speakers should speak up boldly and testify of the goodness of their God. Amen? Think about every special interest group that's out there right now. Uh, they, they want to speak and shout about their cause from the hilltops. Why don't we? <laughs> Why don't we? It's time for the church to stand up and testify about God as well and what He can and what He will do. Amen? Share your testimony. It is powerful. Do it. Hallelujah. I don't, I don't have anything I want to do as a kind of application here, but God gave me three words that uh, I want to pray about this morning. It's boldness, it's about encouragement, and it's about victory. Those are the three words that God gave me to pray about at the end. So maybe we can do that this morning. Are you willing to do that? All right, can I get the praise team to come up, and we're just going to praise his name as we pray this morning. Thank you, Lord. Do you feel emboldened this morning? Doesn't sound like it. Do you feel emboldened this morning? Say yes. Look what the Lord has done. And if you don't feel like he's done anything yet, watch out. Look what he's going to do. Because he will do something. If he's done it for me, he's going to do it for you as well. Be emboldened by it. Hallelujah. Heavenly Father, Lord, let's just bow our heads this morning. Lord, we thank you this morning, Lord, that uh, you have done such amazing things in our lives. You will continue to do amazing things in our lives. And if we haven't experienced that yet, we have faith to know that you're going to do amazing things in our lives, Lord. So I just pray right now, Lord, that uh, the testimony that we carry, Lord, will just be reminded to us, Lord, that you'll just remind us of what you have done. And Lord, you'll give us the boldness to share that with others as well. There's a whole world out there that needs your truth, that needs your love that needs your compassion. And I just pray, Lord, that you'll open up our ears, you'll silence the enemy, and that you'll make your voice loud in our ears of what we are supposed to do and how you're supposed to lead us. Give us the boldness to accomplish your will in our lives. And Lord, I also pray for uh, encouragement as well too, Lord, that if, if we don't feel like you've done anything in our lives recently, Lord, I just pray that you'll encourage us and say, no, I, I'm with you. I am your Father. My arms are open to you. Let me encourage you. Let, come to me. Let me, let, I want you to feel my encouragement. So, Lord, that as we get encouraged, Lord, we're not just going to keep that to ourselves. It's not going to be something that we hoard onto, but, Lord, that we'll just share that encouragement out with us as well, too. And, Lord, we know that as we do this, Lord, you are going to bring victory. You're going to bring victory to our lives and our circumstances, and you're also going to bring victory to the lives of others, Lord. There's a world in bondage. There's a world in pain. There's a world that needs you. And Lord, we just declare your victory over the world right now by the blood of Jesus and the word of our testimony. We thank you, Jesus. We worship your mighty name. And we will go after you. We will draw to you, Lord. We are going to go after you with all that we are. Thank you, Jesus. Amen and amen. Let's just worship him this morning. Let's just go after him. Let's just spend time with him. Let's just exalt him for who he is and what he's done in our lives. Amen. Amen.